Now more than ever, you need a source of news you can trust. And you have such a source in WYPR. Members are our most important source of funding, and we need you now more than ever so we can continue to keep you informed amid the pandemic with honest, accurate journalism. You can make a pledge at WYPR.org. If you're a sustaining member, consider an additional gift or increasing your monthly pledge. We could not be here without you, and we thank you so much. Hello, group. My name is Theo Hill, and I'd like to welcome everybody back to One Day at a Time in Recovery in Baltimore, a podcast where I talk one-on-one with other folks like me who are dealing with their own addiction and recovery, and where we listen and learn together from each other's stories. Before I introduce you to my guests, uh, I wanted to break down a little bit about the one day at a time thing and how I got to that conclusion. There's so many things in life that we have to comprehend. And um, I said to myself, how would you slow down everything? And that's when I remembered that one day at a time would help me just to digest everything that um, happens in a day. So one day at a time, in essence, means uh, to just slow everything down and comprehend everything that comes in your life. And that will be like a little foundation for your recovery. Now, my guess is somebody that I've known for a long time. And she was in my story at the beginning of my act of addiction. And um, she's very special. And she has a a journey similar to mine. And um, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Miss Elaine. Hello. Hi, everyone. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what's your background? Sure. Um, I am a single woman. I have two children, and I just moved into my first place by myself in Arbutus, and I love it. I wait tables, which I did when I was young, and... um, not so young anymore, but I, I enjoy the people and the fast pace of it. Keeps me busy, pays my bills. What was life like for you when you were young? Um, I had an enjoyable life when I was young. I had a lot of children in my neighborhood. You know, we hung outside. We ran around all day, and um, you know, it was, I was happy. You know, I was bu- I was a busy kid, right? My parents, um, you know, were together, but uh, I didn't see a whole lot of my dad because he worked, you know. He worked all the time, you know, a lot. But when I did see him, it was cool, you know, and I was always close with my mother. And later on, um, as I got older and my father worked less, I... Um, also had a close relationship with him as well. When did you first get introduced to drugs? Um, 
I was a young teenager, 12 or 13, just sitting out on the front porch. My brother was um, smoking a joint and uh, asked me if I wanted to try it, and I did. (laughs) Um, What caused the progression of your disease? I mean, back in those days, you know, it was all about just having fun, and I was free, and I was outside a lot. You know, even as a teenager, even as I, you know, got older, I stayed outside, you know, and um, tried different things, you know, like acid and speed. I did speed in school, acid on the weekends, smoked weed, like, you know, after school. I I wasn't one that um, got high in school. You know, I got high when I was out enjoying myself. But I took speed for actually for a weight problem. You know, it went through a doctor. And um, so I realized using it that I could concentrate more. So, you know, um, and I was really taking it as prescribed by a doctor, but it, you know, helped me in school. I guess for a little while until it didn't, you know, mm-hmm. until I started crashing off of it. But yeah, it progressed just um, um, through friends, you know, try this and try that, that kind of thing. Uh, how did using affect your personal life? When I was young, uh, it only enhanced my life, I think. It mm-hmm. was when I, you know, had to become responsible that it had um, negative um, consequences, especially um, alcohol and heroin took over, and I became physically addicted to both of those. So I, I had to drink or be sick, and I had to use heroin or be sick. Mm-hmm. Not, not always at the same time in my life. Sometimes there was only alcohol but when there was heroin or any drugs, there was al- there was always alcohol. Sometimes maybe I didn't have dope, but I had I always had alcohol. So the disease progressed to shooting dope and drinking alcohol at the end, and at the end it was just alcohol. Yeah, at the mm-hmm. very you know last month, right. mm-hmm. you know, and we're talking about thirty years of using. You know, it was at the end because I was homeless and I was in an area of Maryland where you, there wasn't dope. Or I wasn't in the city, you know. So, it, you know, it's it's what uh, it's all I could get my hands on, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I stayed in the mess for a long time when my life was unmanageable and out of control. Um, in the city for a long time, you know, just getting worse and worse and worse. When did you realize you had a problem? The first time I asked for help was I was 27. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, and um, I went to a treatment center and I, you know, was determined. I, I, I got out and I thought I'm going to be like a racehorse with those blinders on and I'm not going to look to the right or the left. I'm just going to go forward and I'm going to do everything they tell me. 
um, and I stayed clean for about 10 years. However, I missed a lot. I missed mm-hmm. a lot of the important stuff that I do now in my recovery. And what do you do now to keep you from using drugs? I go to meetings every day. I, you know, I, uh, I hang out with people who um, are like myself, who are working on changing the way we think and um, working on a better life. Um, I work steps. You know, and I, I have to say it's the most important ingredient in my recovery. It's gotten, um, it's the way I've gotten intimate with myself, you know, mm-hmm. I because there's been a lot. I, my brain goes so fast and it's so all over the place that... Um, I couldn't really just sit and talk with you and figure out why I did this or that. Through the steps, it, it kind of breaks things down in an orderly fashion where I could look at and say, oh, I did this and the consequences were that. So, but I needed kind of, for me, I needed broken down. Mm-hmm. And so through the steps things were broken down into and it's simple you know it was very you know at first i thought it would be overwhelming and through guidance um of others that have done it before me they said you know what if if you just want to answer one question a day do that if you want to do one section a day do that it, you know there's no race but just do it right and my life has changed because of that. I was going to ask you, how how is your life different today? I have peace, man. I have peace, you know. And I, you know, even when I was a kid smoking weed, all I really wanted was some some peace, <laughs> you know. And I was kind of peaceful back then, but you know, I was a kid running in the field smoking weed. It was okay, but you know, um, now. I have responsibilities, and um, I need to take care of myself, mm-hmm. you know. And I have peace, and I have happiness. You know, I have all these feelings that I haven't felt in years right. and years. So, um, And I have a, a, a support system around me, you know, of like-minded people that help. Now, was it hard to get new friendships after you got clean? Not for me. But, you know, I'm a people person. Yes. You know, and I don't need a whole ton of friends, right? You know, I'm cool with a couple. You know, I hang with, you know, maybe five people regularly, and that's good with me. During this process of recovery, what did you learn about yourself in the process? Oh, I learned I was selfish, man. Mm-hmm. It was all about me. I had mm-hmm. no idea. I thought I was cool, <laughs> you right? I thought I was generous. I thought I was kind. <laughs> oh, no. It was all about me, right? Yes. So. Now, in closing, what's your advice to someone who's struggling with addiction right now? Don't be afraid. You know, I was kind of afraid that I couldn't live without it. And I didn't know how to live. And I didn't know how to stop. I couldn't stop. But 
go in you can go into any fire department and just put your hands up you know surrender right give yourself a break it's okay let somebody else help you because we don't know what we're doing when we're in the grip right mm -hmm. and that you know man there's a better life on the other side and and we're out here to help you we can't stay clean without helping others right i i said mentioned i was selfish what do i do now i try to help others mm -hmm. right I try to help myself and I try to help somebody else. I would like to thank Elaine for sharing her story on this episode of One Day at a Time in Recovery in Baltimore. And I would like to thank you for listening. I'm Theo Hill. Let's talk again soon. <laughs>